Okay, so I like to just dive right in, scare the heck out of my uh, my podcast buddy for the episode. I am now running out the door. You are, yeah, she's freaking <laughs> out. Um, we're diving in in our all aboard segment of episode five for the movie Mission Impossible. Um, all aboard. Woo woo! <laughs> and now I don't even have to add a sound effect. It's perfect. Um, my guest today is Corbin. We're going to talk about that after we come back from watching the movie. Yes, I am a girl. Yes, she is a girl, <laughs> and it's spelled with a K. We'll get into that later. Um, I have clearly seen the Mission Impossible. Not clearly. I mean, you know me. I've yes. seen them many, many times. Um, and they are some of my favorite. It might be my favorite franchise of movies. I don't know. I'd have to take a good hard look at that. But I love the Mission Impossible movies. Um, there's a specific reason I've chosen Corbin for this episode, but we will cover that later. But Corbin has not seen the first Mission Impossible. How nope. many Mission Impossibles have you seen? I've seen two of them. And they are? Five and six. <laughs> and we'll get into that later. Um, so, based on your prior knowledge of the franchise and having <laughs> seen five and six, what do you think episode one is going to be about? Well, I think it is going to be about Tom Cruise, Ethan Hunt, being a badass. You're not wrong. And kicking ass. <laughs> I've said ass twice already. <laughs> Taking names. I know. We're like two, not even two <laughs> minutes into this, Corbin. Um, and going on some impossible mission. You're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> a mission. Um, that's impossible. Probably killing a few people. Probably trying to clear his name. And I, f I don't know what is going to happen, but I'm excited to find out. I think that. Yeah. So what do, what the you think that the specific mission is that he's going to have to clear his name? I don't know. Based on the other two movies that I've seen, I feel like he always gets himself in a sticky situation and he's somehow going to have to try to get himself out of it. So that Ethan Hunt always getting himself in sticky situations. Just got to get himself out. Um, well, I think that there's really only one way to know. You're right. And your mission, should you choose to accept it, is to watch the first Mission Impossible with me. This message will self-destruct in five, four, three, two. Simple game. Is he serious? Always. It's much worse than you think. We're being ambushed. Abort, that's an order. They knew, they knew we were coming. Do you read me? I don't care how he did it. I want to know why he did it. You're worried about me. Why you survived? I'm sure we can find something I have that you need. I'm you. No one said me. These guys are trained to be ghosts. Let's not waste time chasing after him. Let's make him come to us. Find something that's personally important to him and you squeeze. seen me very upset this tape will self-destruct in five seconds mission impossible the first of the mission impossible series we just finished it episode five 
of the Booze Cruise podcast. Uh, my guest today is Corbin Dudley, who I affectionately call my right-hand woman <laughs> at the office. Um, she and I work closely together in the digital marketing department. Very closely. Very closely. <laughs> Physically, we sit very close. Sometimes I turn around and she's just right <laughs> behind me. Um, and I'm like, Ugh! uh, but no, she has, uh, been working with me for over a year. A year. Yeah. It'll be two in March, two in March, but it feels like so much longer in oh. the best way possible, <laughs> not in a bad way. Um, and I actually picked Corbin for this episode because, um, we have a fun story behind the mission impossible series. So you have seen five and six. Yes. Now one. Yes. Now but I, see the other one. Like, <laughs> I think you should just go straight for three yeah and then double back to two and then right. go to four because why not you've watched them all out of order um but when we went out we went out to LA last year on a work trip and um Collider which is an entertainment um platform I don't know it's not a magazine but it's they have a Twitter account they do a lot of podcasts and things like that um they were hosting a uh, a screening of Mission Impossible 6 uh, Fallout, which I had already seen in yes. theaters <laughs> six times. <laughs> it was a little obnoxious. And I was literally like, I'm not going to go see it again. I don't need to. Six times is yeah. clearly enough. I think you saw everything you to needed to see. To see a movie <laughs> in a theater. And Collider was doing the screening at the IMAX headquarters with a Q&A with Christopher McQuarrie after... And I was like, I'm just going to see if I can get tickets. Like, it was kind of like a first come, first serve, sort of. Like, you had to email this email address. And then, like, you may or may not get tickets to the screening. And so I emailed in. And I was like, um, you know, hi, my name's Jessica. <laughs> and I'm from Cincinnati. And I never get to do anything cool in L.A. And I'm actually going to be there for one night only. Yeah. And it was the night of the screening. And I just said it would be really awesome if... I could get tickets and I thought there's no way because I'm sure a million people you know wanted to get these tickets and I like geek out about Christopher McQuarrie because I think he's one of the best directors and I was like oh my gosh if I get to meet him in person like I'll just die mm -hmm. and um so I get an email back that I got the tickets mm -hmm. and Corbin was going there's a bunch of us from work but um, I, I asked Corbin, I was like, Hey, have you seen any of the Mission Impossible <laughs> movies? Nope. <laughs> She's like, uh, no. And I was like, well, do you want to go to this screening with me? Um, and she was all about it because Corbin's game for almost anything always. And I was like, okay, but you can't watch six and never have seen five <laughs> because there's a lot of the same characters. And I think it's kind of, it is a continuation of five. They're all kind of continuations to some degree of the next, but especially four, five, and six or three, four, five, and six are very much. Um, and uh, so we watched five on the plane yep. out to LA <laughs> and then I dragged her to this screening, but it was fun. It was, it was super cool. Like total LA experience. Yeah. We went to IMAX headquarters and got to wait in their lobby where they had like all these like crazy cool posters, yeah. huge posters of all these movies that they've released. And um, we were one of the last ones to get seated. Yeah. We were kind of late because we had work to do. So right. we, were like, <laughs> we couldn't get there super early. Um, but we ended up sitting in the very front row, mm -hmm. which of a very small theater, 
it's like at IMAX headquarters. Yeah. So the theater probably only sat what, like 60, 70 yeah, people. There, yeah. Weren't many seats. Like it wasn't a lot. And, um, so I watched the movie for a seventh time <laughs> and Corbin saw it for the first time. Um, and then we got to sit and listen to, um, a Q&A with Christopher McQuarrie, which that's funny because right after the movie was done, I was like, I have to pee, which <laughs> if you know me at all is not surprising. I think I went halfway <laughs> through the movie too. So, um, and as I was leaving the theater, I turned the corner and Christopher McQuarrie was like standing right there and I was like, <laughs> and I was like, say something. Say something. <laughs> and then I was like, no, don't say anything. I had like this war in my head of like, say something, don't say something, say something, don't say something. <laughs> and um, I went with don't say something. I felt like I was going to respect his space. Now I wish I would have said something. But um, so the Q&A was really fun. But I so I picked Corbin for this because she hasn't seen any of the other Mission Impossible movies. And I thought, what a great one to start off with after you've seen five and six <laughs> to go back and watch uh, episode one. Um, so that is the story behind Corbin doing the Mission Impossible podcast. Um, our drink for today, which I royally botched for, still good. <laughs> for our viewing, um, is a drink I made up, which is probably why I botched it, because I didn't have a recipe to follow. Um, I was really going to try and do a really cool layered cocktail called Red Light, Green Light. Which I get now. Which you, <laughs> I told you you would. I know we went to the liquor store earlier and I was like, you're going to understand after you've watched the movie. I'm calling it the Red Light, Green Light. And um, I'm going to try it again for the picture for the <laughs> for the podcast and maybe have a better uh, grasp on the recipe um, before we do that. But it's not ter- It just tastes fine. It no, just yeah, it tastes really isn't. Good. It's a little heavy on the cher- cherry grenadine. Yeah. If you put grenadine in anything, it tastes good. But you put a lot of grenadine in that. Well, I think earlier I was like, it kind of feels like a lot of grenadine. You're like, there's no such thing. Sometimes people make me a drink and I'm like, put in more. Well, guess what, Corbin? A there, there is a thing. It's too much cherry grenadine. Um, I don't know what I'm talking about. It kind of tastes like a melted cherry popsicle right now. Yeah. Kind of like cherry, like, cherry medicine. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's like sweet cherry medicine yeah you know well it's supposed to have cherry grenadine on the bottom and then a layer of club soda and then a layer of what's it called it's like uh the classic green apple sour pucker yeah liqueur yeah it was supposed to taste really good like candy apple in my head it tasted (laughs) delicious and then we tried it and i was like it's a lot of grenadine if you just think that while you're drinking it then it's good yeah sure so (laughs) we're gonna we're gonna try it again but um the director of this movie is Brian De Palma, which is important. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Um, the tagline for this movie is only the mission matters. <laughs> Although it feels like it should have been your mission. Should you choose to accept yeah. it? But it wasn't really like they didn't know what was going right. to be popular from the movie. Um, the Rotten Tomatoes score, it got a 63% tomato meter, which was kind of shocking to me. Um, and it got a 71% audience score. I would have thought it would score higher yeah, because it's so iconic. Um, but I guess that's kind of the point is it's not like they're not, um, reviewing it retroactively. So like, it's really iconic now, but what was it like in 96? Um, which that's a fun thing. So this movie came out in 1996. I was one. I was nine. Um, so that's fun and doesn't make me feel ancient (laughs) at all. Um, but Corbin, do you want to give us a, I could talk about this movie for forever but can you give us like a brief synopsis of the first mission impossible yeah so my gathering of the entire movie was i was not far off from you my, really weren't i was I not far i off. know i didn't want to <laughs> give it away but i i think you're right like i feel like 
most Mission Impossible movies is him like clearing his name. Yeah, him trying to prove himself, yeah. basically. Which I'm like, what's he doing? Like, why yeah. are none of the other what? MI6 agents like in question all yeah. the time? But yeah, you weren't far off. I he know. just didn't kill them. Right. Yes. Yeah. He was accused yes. of killing them. But anyways, go ahead. What's so your synopsis? I was just going to say, like, he is going through this entire, his entire team gets killed in the beginning. And then he has to basically prove himself that he didn't kill his entire team because he was the last one there the only one there whenever they found the bodies whatever right they were kind of they were going on a mole hunt he didn't realize this he thought it was a normal mission yeah and then he is the last one standing and so they think he's the mole right so he's not the mole yeah and so he has to basically find who the mole is and befriend all of these people who he really isn't befriending which is like mind blowing, obviously, because <laughs> at the end I was like, "What the heck?" <laughs> but I knew it. I knew people were going to be sketchy, and I knew that he was going to be, you know, doing a lot of badass stuff, <laughs> which he did. Yeah, um, yeah, that was a pretty good rundown. So he basically, like, the movie starts off. I love the first, the very first opening mission, um, which is them uh, pranking that guy with the fake room. Yeah. On the in the video cameras and they're speaking like Russian or something. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and they kind of fake the guy out because Claire looks like she's dead, like she's all bloodied up and everything. Um, and uh, they kind of like it just shows how they work as a team, mm-hmm. kind of. So then they get this other mission in Prague, and I love it because it's got everything. It's got like the elegance and style of like the 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 big glamorous event that's going on and stuff like that. But I also feel like. I feel like this Mission Impossible more so than all of the other ones. All the other ones are like really action packed. Um, and this one has its moments, but I feel like they actually have more um, what I would consider spy craft yeah. in this movie. Um, and I don't know if you got a sense of that between like five and six in this one, but it's like a lot more. It's the most what I would say cerebral of the six. Yeah. Because there's a lot of like twists and betrayals Mm -hmm. and like what is going on and who is that and stuff like that and i think that's why it's like it's probably um where was it on my list of mission impossible movies i would say it's it's four out of six so fourth out of six which is not terrible not my top three (laughs) but um but only because i feel like it's actually one of those weird franchises that actually gets better as it goes along yeah because i don't think they did you know it was a tv show i did not so mission impossible was a tv show in the 60s okay and um they really wanted to make it into a movie for like a really long time and until tom cruise kind of signed on for it it didn't really make any sense um so that's interesting it's not anything like the tv show and Mm -hmm. a lot of people that were involved in the original tv show were like actually not thrilled with the movie um so i feel like they were trying i think that i actually read a fact that like the director was like they wanted the guy who created the tv show as a consultant on the movie and he was like yeah listen i'm a huge fan of the tv show huge fan um I, this isn't going to be like the TV show. Mm. So I feel like it's just going to be weird on set. And the guy was like, I appreciate that. Thank you. And I'm out. And I'm out. (laughs) So it's not anything like the TV show, which I think a lot of people were upset about. Um, But I think even like, like Tom Cruise hadn't really figured out that he was like stunt crazy at this Mm. point, you know? And he does some crazy stunts in this movie, but nothing at all like he does later on in the series. Yeah. I was definitely going to mention that, that I think that five and six were 
really really more action-packed than this one was yeah. but until the end there yeah. obviously but but it's much more of like a thinker yeah type movie yes so he's they're on this mission he they all think it's a normal mission where they're trying to catch this guy stealing the knock list which is the no official cover list i don't know if they ever really say that mm. in the movie um but the knock list gets out in the open and ethan's freaking out because it's in the open and it's like basically like how the knock list works is like they if it gets out in the open and it's like a list of like a bunch of spies mm -hmm. that their countries are just going to disavow them and then they just die like they get killed because they can't like everybody knows who they are so like it's a huge deal that yeah. the necklace is out in the open like ethan's like freaking out in Prague, and it's like okay dude like we get it it's in the open <laughs> chill out but like really it's a huge deal and so he's like trying to figure it out while he's chasing the guy down members of his team just like boom boom yeah. boom all start dying in different weird ways and um he does he freaks out like he's like he calls into the cia and um the guy's like meet me at this aquarium <laughs> restaurant aquarium <laughs> um it's like a restaurant but also a huge aquarium and the restaurant's called aquarium i don't know it doesn't really yeah. make any sense um but he meets him there and he kind of starts putting together like oh this wasn't a mission it's a mole hunt that knock yeah. list wasn't even real yeah and so he does you're right he has to find who the real mole is because they think it's him so now he's like hiding from the good guys mm -hmm. supposedly because they think he's a bad guy and he's trying to expose the bad guy yeah so he puts his the feelers out there on the internet which is the best scene of the whole movie <laughs> because it is not at all i'm assuming i don't know i was nine in 96 i don't know how the internet worked back then but i can't imagine it's how it, it was working in this movie yeah. um but the technology is <laughs> hilarious the knock list is an actual what did you call it you said something and I died. What did you call it? You're like, oh, it's like a blank disc. Oh. What did you call it? Oh, gosh. It? It's like one of those old floppy disks. Okay. You said... <laughs> you didn't say floppy when we were watching oh, what it. Did you I said, say? It's I like one of those old... Um, you think you said file disks or oh, something? Yeah. And I was like, oh, my heart. She doesn't even know it's called a floppy oh, disk. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely know what a floppy disk is, but I did not call it that when I said it. That, I know. I, I said like, like so, oh, that old file. I think I did I say file disk. I was like, um, oh, my, it hurts my heart. She doesn't even know what a floppy <laughs> disk is. Oh. Um, but so he like basically has to find you know the mole so he does this whole like um i don't know how i forget the whole like connection with the bible but he sees the bible and their like safe house and he starts putting together that it's max this person that's been helping job who was the mole and blah 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 so he tries to frame job mm -hmm. basically is what he's trying to do and in order to do that, he has to steal the real knock list from CIA headquarters, which is where the most iconic scene yes. in all of action cinema. And it's funny. I never have even known what that scene was until right now, because when we did it for Kona, I had no, I was like, I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Why really is he don't hanging? Get it? But I get it now. Yeah. And it's like sincerely one of the most intense scenes yeah i wrote in my notes very stressful <laughs> and underlined it i was so stressed very stressful. <laughs> and it's like i actually uh, we'll go through our notes but that honestly hold on i gotta find it because i wrote down i say this every time i watch it um not scoring the vault scene um was maybe the most brilliant film choice ever and i say this every time i watch it because it would have been so easy 
to put a piece of music under that yeah. that would build tension. Yeah. And it's so much more stressful without it. Yeah. It like, is. Like it's so like it's it's the whole I haven't been that stressed out with no sound. <laughs> like a quiet place is the only other time yeah, that yeah, I can yeah. like think of like no sound stressing me out so much. And I think it really like heightened the stress of that scene. Yeah, I agree. Like the tension of it where you're like, he can't make noise. So you feel yes. like you can't make noise. Yeah. And like, it's cutting back to like the, the temperature gauge and the sound and the sweat dropping mm-hmm. from his like, and it's like crazy tension filled. Yeah. And during that scene, I was like, no, you have to catch the sweat, catch the sweat, <laughs> catch it. Which I wrote down. It is the most implausible thing that he catches that sweat yes. drop because he is literally inches from the floor. Yes. How did his, his hand, hand get down gets there? right under his face? Yeah. yeah. I'm like, no, that's physically yeah. <laughs> impossible. Like it's physically impossible for that to happen, but, but it it's is Tom mission Cruise. and it's mission impossible. <laughs> so physically impossible makes sense. Um, I think about that every time. And like, these like the insert shot of like the hand yes. coming in. I'm like, that's not even how his hand <laughs> to grab it. but whatever. Um, it's still a great scene. And, uh, yeah, just like that close up of like the sweat dropping down, like the side yes. of his glasses. Ugh, so intense. I was definitely very stressed. I kept like squishing my feet together while watching it. Cause I was like, I'm really stressed right now. <laughs> Don't touch the ground, Tom. <laughs> yeah. You're like freaking out. Um, uh, super intense scene. Um, they get the knock list. Mm hmm. And uh, they go out and they're trying to basically expose Job at that point. Yeah. But while they're waiting, um, Jim Phelps, John Voight's character, is somehow back from the dead. Yeah. And um, he, well, Claire came back earlier. Yeah. So he thought everybody was dead. Claire was Jim's wife. And she shows up at the safe house at the time that they're supposed to meet if the, yep. if the mission gets aborted. And he's like, he's like weirdly aggressive with yes. her. In the scene. Like, yeah, that was really weird. He like it's threw, like, it's really threw her clothes off. Yeah. Threw her down on the bed. I was like, I don't understand. Are you searching her or what? It's like weirdly <laughs> uncomfortable. You're like, are they about to start making out? Ooh, or is, is he mad? Does he not believe her? Like, I don't know what's happening right now. Um, and uh, so that she's in on all like the stealing of the necklace yeah. and all that stuff. And but she's kind of shady. She's uh, very sketchy. I wrote that down. Yeah, she's super I was sketchy. Like, Claire is super sketchy. Is she the mole? Is she the <laughs> is she the mole? <laughs> um, and so anyways, as they're going there's they set up the deal with Max to meet to get the necklace. And while they're waiting, Jim shows back up mm-hmm. John Voight's character and he has some crazy story about how he survived yeah. and blah 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 and as he's talking he's telling ethan that kittredge who is the guy he met with at the aquarium who mm-hmm. told them who when he figured out that they were on a mole hunt who i'm guessing is superior to jim and yeah. ethan and claire and the whole team um he's telling him that kittredge is the the mole mm-hmm. and i think it's a really brilliant scene because Ethan is working through it in his head of how Kittredge, quote unquote, is the mole. But really, he's realizing it that it was Jim. Yeah. So Jim thinks he's talking about Kittredge. And really, in Ethan's head, he's coming he's to terms with it, the fact yeah. that it's Jim. And um, he'd kind of realized it before um, because he notices between them stealing the knock list and the train scene um, before he realizes jim is alive the bible from the safe house yeah 
was stamped with the Drake Hotel yes. in Chicago. And he had mentioned earlier in the movie that he went he was to at, the Drake. Yeah. yeah, he was at the Drake Hotel. And the whole Job 314 thing. And so he puts it all together. Which, fun fact, the Drake Hotel in Chicago is also is in an actual scene in Risky Business. Oh, really? So Tom Cruise goes to the Drake Hotel in Risky what? Business to like catch this hooker. <laughs> it's a great movie. Um, and when we were watching Risky Business, I was like, the Drake Hotel is a Mission Impossible. <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. Um, so he kind of puts it all together, um, but he still doesn't really know where Claire stands. Yeah. So he dons a gym face mask. Yes. And pretends to be Jim on the train and Claire comes to him and basically exposes their whole yes. plan that they were going to trap Ethan and frame Ethan like the whole time. And uh, so he catches him and um, they get into like a fist fight and uh, see, she shoots Claire. Yeah. Jim shoots Claire yeah. and you're like, wait, what? I thought they were working together. I thought they were what? married. I, thought, yeah. I know. <laughs> And um, all this stuff. And then he goes on top of the train, which mm -hmm. is like the craziest sequence. Called that movie. too. She totally <laughs> did. She was like, oh, they're going to end up on top of the train. Um, and I'm like, you're right. You've seen a couple Mission Impossible movies. You know how this is going to end. I know how it works. Um, and so they get on top of the train. And it's just like a really extended sequence of them fighting the elements. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then uh, one of the guys from the Nautilus mission who ended up being one of the bad guys is flying the helicopter. That's Jim's escape from the train. And that ends up in a whole big freaking explosion in a tunnel. It's a whole big thing. You know, Mission Impossible. You know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I was just started seeing the James Bond theme song. I was like, <laughs> da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, no, that's nope, nope. the wrong. Uh, yeah. I don't know why. Um, hilarious. Uh, so, yeah. So, basically, like, he catches him. The real CIA gets the necklace back. They catch Max. Um, and Ethan walks off into the sunset, yep. proverbial, the proverbial sunset with Luther and, um, he gets a, his next mission to Aruba. Yep. So I guess you'll have to watch episode or know, mission impossible two to find out if that's where he ends up. I or probably not. won't watch it unless I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> We're have to bring you back for all the other mission impossibles. No, I'm just teasing. Um, okay. So let's go through some of our notes. Cause I think you have, and then I have a bunch of trivia because it's okay. a mission impossible movie. Um, but what were some of the notes that you had? <laughs> so you're going to laugh. <laughs> My first note is 1996. I was one. <laughs> 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 and then we were talking about, or when it first started, I was like, wow, this is really old. Like just a lot of the stuff that they use, like <laughs> yeah. the computers, all of oh, that kind of stuff. The technology is like, ancient. Wow. It's crazy because I mean, I remember stuff looking like that obviously but i never used it well i was it. dying i was literally I was like the technology in this movie is hilarious they are yes. literally using floppy disks <laughs> yes <laughs> like it's so funny uh, oh, um i wrote tom cruise is extremely good looking i know and we even talked about it. i was like how old was he when he filmed this and you said 33 right probably 32 or 33 yeah, yeah that's crazy i know um, he looks way better at my age than i do <laughs> yeah right <laughs> well he's ripped so he does <laughs> um let's see here <laughs> i wrote why did they kill jack <laughs> i know Freaking jack. so this is a really funny trivia fact actually that i wrote down um and i have so many trivia facts that am i even gonna be able okay so emilio estevez is the actor that played jack okay um and he's pretty famous 
So what else is he in? Um, he's in like a bunch of. He was in a lot of like eighties, early nineties okay. stuff. Like, so it's funny because his film career kind of tanked after this movie. Oh. But um, Emilio Estevez was actually cast in the role of Jack Harmon to create a sense of shock in the audience when he died early in the film. The filmmakers felt that casting such a well-known actor would increase the impact of his death, huh. which you didn't even know who he was. Yeah. And it was still shocking. But I was still, I was really sad. I was like, why did he kill? Why Jack? He was funny. I know. And he was very likable. And yeah. just bye. Well, there was this movie that came out a few years ago. Oh, I'm not going to remember the the name of it, but it had Ryan Reynolds in it and Rebecca Ferguson and oh, I want to say Jake Gyllenhaal, but that might be wrong. What a great um, cast. Yeah, it's a space movie. Like they're in, what is the name of this movie? Oh, do you know what I'm talking about? Life maybe? Or some, it's like a one letter word or one letter word. Ah, uh, yes. I know exactly one what you're title. talking about. I'm pretty sure. I don't think I ever saw it, but I definitely uh, know. Well, spoiler alert for anybody who's listening <laughs> to this podcast and you, but Ryan Reynolds dies in like the first 30 what? minutes. And I was like, what? Seriously? But I feel it's the same thing. Yeah. Like that's I mean, the same thing. Like it would be the same level of like fame where they're yeah. like, well, surely you're not going to kill off Ryan Reynolds in the first 30 minutes. Right. Like people are like, surely you're not going to kill off Emilio Estevez. And they did. And it was, it's shocking in a number of ways. It's shocking because he dies, but it's shocking because they show it. Yeah. And he's like right impaling his eye, yeah. like his eyeball. It was his, I'm like, stop, yeah. don't look up. Why are you looking <laughs> up? Stop looking up. Um, and it just like the things at the top of the yeah. elevator, just like, chink, like right into his eyes. And uh, that's why today Joe was like, you should put two olives with the little swords. Oh, <laughs> I didn't get drink. it, but I get it now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was like, Joe, ew. <laughs> um yeah super gross uh but yeah so that's like i thought that was a really interesting fact because it was like they cast him on purpose because he was yeah. well known makes sense I'm yeah pretty, i feel like that's pretty smart to do right well because you just don't you think just, like yeah, oh, you never yeah. expect yeah all right what's your next note um why is everyone dying <laughs> <laughs> it is pretty stressful in the beginning yeah, when, like, I was like you meet this whole team it? of people and then they're just like boom boom yeah. like just dying and yeah and i crazy. was not expecting everyone to just keep dying <laughs> I was not liking that. Um, I also noticed that Ethan is like super observant with absolutely everything. And I really think I find that super interesting. I know he's like a spy and stuff and he's supposed to be super yeah. observant, but just like little tiny things. I was like, gosh, he notices everything. Well, when he's at the aquarium and he's like walking through, he's like, why was the other IMF team yes. there? And I think I said MI6 earlier. It's IMF. Oh. I'm an idiot. <laughs> Impossible Mission Force. MI6 is freaking Bond. I'm an idiot. Um, IMF, Impossible Mission Force. Yes, there is an organization <laughs> in this world that's called the Impossible Mission Force. Um, and he's like, why was there another IMF team? And, and then he starts pointing them all out yeah, in the restaurant. He's like, like, that waiter is standing right there. The one behind whoever was standing right well, there. Well, he's like, like remembering gosh. back to the part where he's like the drunk Russians on the bank. He's yeah. like the waiter behind Hannah. And it like yes. cuts back and he's like sneaky looking at her. And you're like, how did he notice and that? And I didn't notice that when I was watching it. Like yeah. I, I noticed that the, the couple standing on the stairs that were like staring up yeah. awkwardly. But I was like, oh, maybe that's just like, you know, a couple staring. But right. And then he points them all out. And I'm just like, wow, he just notices absolutely everything. He's the most observant Good person job. on the face of the planet. Yeah. He <laughs> He is. I guess that's what it takes to be a spy. Um, I was just, it, they always explain how hard it is to get into places. Like, oh, like all of the different access codes that you have to get into. And then I wrote, but I guess they're all spies. So they understand how to get into everything. Like, <laughs> like it's absolutely not impossible for them to get in, but for well, anybody else it would be well i think that's like a classic it's a classic mission impossible staple that they walk you through the entire mission and yeah. show you before they do it oh, okay and makes i sense. feel like but it it makes you feel i i like it because i think you don't really realize it's happening but also like 
you're like, okay, so now I know what they need to do in order to do that. Instead of just watching them and yeah. you're like, I don't know what's happening. Yeah, like, I mean, you know again, I mean, yeah, that makes sense. I'd rather but know. It is like, it, but it's impossible. That's why they do it. That's why they're the impossible mission force. And I uh, wrote a little note that was like, they have these nifty tools for everything. Like when that the screw was yeah. coming out, it's I was like, like a <gasps> magnet thing that's like pulling the screw out. Yeah, it's freaking brilliant. And I think I find like with movies like that, like just the little details like that pop out more to me than like the huge action scenes yeah like, I, I feel like I was like oh, really about a lot of different things <laughs> that weren't even important and I'm like why like why am I so interested in the little tiny details well but I feel, I feel like those are the things that make movies feel real you yeah. know what I mean it's yeah. like the little thing it's not the big thing it's, it's real like life the, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah I agree makes sense um <laughs> why is everybody dying <laughs> <laughs> i put ethan hunt is a little ninja i knew he would be doing some badass stuff <laughs> she did in the vault scene she was like oh, look at him he's just a little ninja <laughs> he's like floating around in the air like, oh my gosh uh, that's hilarious um also I know I said it while we were watching it, but the interaction between Claire and Ethan, when I was like, oh, they almost just smooched. Did, I never caught on, but did they ever have like a... Okay, so this is a really interesting fact, but they um, apparently in early versions of the movie had set up a love triangle oh. between Ethan, Jim, and Claire, yeah. which is super weird. Because I always get that vibe from this too, where I'm like, why is she with Jim? Yeah. Because he's so much older. Yes. And I'm like, she's clearly attracted to Ethan because he's cute and young yeah. and like whatever. But they never really talk about it. And it's just like this unspoken like weirdness. Yeah. And so in early versions of the movie, they had set up a love triangle, like clearly set up a love triangle yeah. between the three and then cut it because they felt like it took away from the mission story. Yeah. Of like the genre of like spy movies. Yeah. <laughs> the genre. <laughs> oh, gosh. No. <laughs> if we're going to do this, I'm going to need you to say it right. Okay. <laughs> Genre. Um, but yeah, so I feel like uh, there's clearly remnants of that yes. throughout the movie and the, that and they just even never the talk about. Like when they were talking about, oh, which hotel did you stay at? Like those two were like kind of butting but, into yeah. each other. And I was like, that's flirty. Yeah. Um, <laughs> her husband is right there. I know there. what that is. <laughs> um, her husband's right there. Uh, yeah. So I feel like it, it's never like so weird that it feels like it should be explained. Yeah. But it's, it is there. Yeah. Like that one scene where they go to hug and I'm like, you guys definitely brushed cheeks and there was something there. Yeah. Please explain it. <laughs> what is going on? But then I got so caught up in everything else that I was like, eh, I don't really care yeah, about whatever. that anymore. Claire, Ethan, Jim. <laughs> and cares? I wrote that she's sketchy, so I didn't care about her anymore. Yeah, because so. you kind of feel like, what are her intentions? Like, is yes. she messing with him? Yes. Like, is she playing him? Like, you're kind of like, I don't know if Which it's real. Which I feel like if they did keep that in there, that that's probably how it would have ended. Yeah. Like, her just being like, oh, I just did all this because I knew this was the way it was going to end. Yeah. Which would have been okay. Yeah. It would have been good. Yeah. Jim, you're supposed to be dead, but you're the mole. <laughs> I put a lot of explanation points and everything because I just got super stressed. <laughs> Jim, you're supposed to be dead. You're the mole. <laughs> oh, I just, um, I loved how it came together in the end with um, Ethan working with that other team. Yeah. That was another note that I wrote. Um, and again, very observant, knew that he was alive and still at the end of the movie turned it around to be like, a good thing kind of yeah if that makes sense it doesn't please oh. explain okay <laughs> <laughs> i was like uh-huh no. so like what i mean not like a good thing but he 
it was so observant in the big like in where we caught on but even further ab- in front of that that he yeah. was so observant that he realized that jim was alive i don't did he know claire had something to do with it until the very end i think he i really don't think he did i think that's why he dressed up okay in the face just mask. to kind of make sure yeah okay so just jim at this point but then like um worked with that other team that were supposedly not the good people and then just like knew exactly what moves to make and to in the end clear his name basically yeah. so oh yeah like the whole yeah i know what you're yeah. saying uh-huh yep i got it explain that terribly <laughs> no it's good it's late it's fine <laughs> i passed my bedtime clearly <laughs> like sleep oh my gosh just so everybody knows it is nine o'clock <laughs> my bedtime <laughs> hilarious um did you have any more notes not really no okay. it was just a lot of exclamation points everywhere she's like ah ah exclamation mark exclamation mark um it is because there's a lot of shocking twists yeah. in this of this like what 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 but i love it um i wrote down some things like they had the classic mission impossible open where they show scenes from the movie okay. over like the I don't know if you picked up on that. No, I didn't. Uh, but one of the trivia facts was that the opening credits give away seven plot points from the movie. What? Yeah. And that's pretty typical. Like, if you go back and watch Mission Impossible and you watch the opening what? sequence, you're like, oh, they totally gave that away at the beginning. But really? you're not, look- but you're not oh, looking for I need it. To pay you know what I mean? To that. Um, I don't know what it's like in the other. I feel like, I feel like they do that. I know they do it in six and I know they do it in five. Gosh. But I can't remember the other ones. I watched five and six and didn't even realize it. I didn't even realize <laughs> it. Um, I love the complex mission as the first big use of the face mask. So Tom Cruise is dressed up as that senator yes. in the first mission with the white tux on and all that stuff. And I think it's the only time in the entire series that somebody is actually wearing a face mask. Oh. Because it still looks like Tom Cruise. Yeah. But yeah. with a mask on. Right. And when they show the clip of the actual senator like giving the interview, it's Tom Cruise in the mask. <sighs> So, but every other time it's like clearly the actor and then they like cut and it's like them ripping off something that looks like a mask. So I think this, I'm pretty sure this is the only time in the series that it's actually somebody wearing an actual mask. I realized that too, because I was like, I think one of my notes wrote that I wrote down was doesn't really look good as an old man though, (laughs) because, (laughs) because obviously they made his face with like prosthetics and wrinkly, all of that kind of stuff just on top of his face. Right. So that's interesting. Yeah. So I think that's the only time in the whole series where he's actually like, it's somebody just actually wearing a mask Mm. and not like pretending to be another character in the movie. Um, Classic Brian De Palma. So he directed this and his big thing is Dutch angles, which is that really off kilter camera where it's like off to the side. Mm-hmm. And those like, I don't know if you noticed in some of the scenes, the camera is like down here. Yeah. <laughs> like shooting way up on people. And it's like the most unflattering angle yes. on the face of the planet. <laughs> um, but he's like really known for that. And oh. like this style is like, it's very much, it's a very, it's probably, well, with the exception of two, two is very stylized. Um, but this one is even, I don't know. They're stylized in different ways. Did he um, direct two as well? No, he, okay. he did not. John Woo did the second one and he's like, <laughs> it came out in 2000 and it was like slow-mo everything. Oh gosh. <laughs> like, it's just like, it's the worst one of the whole free. It's uh, I'm surprised that the franchise lasted past the second one. Mm. Um, so John Woo had that, but Brian De Palma, like his cinematography, like his style of cinematography is very stylized. Yeah. Um, Oh, I said the technology in this movie is hilarious. Literal floppy disk. I said, but it's so smooth though. Like I love the camera and the glasses. 
Yeah. And he leaves the glasses yes. behind on the thing and like how simple of a thing that is, but yeah. it like helps them catch catch the fake guy that doesn't yeah. exist. Um let's see. Jack's death is gruesome. They didn't have to show it. Uh I thought the cinematography in the first mission on the streets of Prague, like once they get out of the party and they're on the streets of Prague and everybody starts dying. Yeah. Um, I thought the cinematography and that was so good. It was very like atmospheric. Yeah. Um, and I actually read this fact that um, it took them, well, they f- that whole scene took them 12 days to film. Oh my gosh. And there are no streetlights in Prague. So oh. they had to, or this part of Prague. So they had to come in and like, you like this lighting director had to come in and set up and it took him weeks to set wow. up for this to make That's it look super that cool. good yeah but it looked amazing it looked amazing and all yeah. like the fog like yes. it was very atmospheric it actually looked like streetlights so that's, yeah that's and it really was like cool. it, it was kind of had that like creepy it was like romantic but creepy yeah you know what i mean because like you see the drunk russians yes. couple and you're like oh it's so romantic like right. the streets of europe and obviously you're not expecting them all to just start dying right but then it also has this element of like this everybody's gonna start dying yeah, yeah, yeah. like it's super <laughs> creepy um the editing of that scene, like the whole Prague sequence on the river where everybody starts dying, mm-hmm. like the editing of that is so quintessential to its success. And I feel like they do it perfectly. Like he, you have to build the tension. Yeah. And it's like this confusing, like you're in Ethan's shoes. Yes. Like yeah. you're just as confused as he is. And the editing of that is so great. And it had to like, it so much relies on Tom Cruise's like reactions yeah. to what's happening. And you're literally like, what is going on? Like, yeah. how, why is everybody dying? And like the timing of everything was so crucial to believe it. Yes, you know I agree. I mean? Yeah, because it's it like builds up to it, too, because at first Ethan's like, no, we're not aborting the mission. We're just going to go ahead and go for it. Yeah. And then was it Jim that gets shot? Yeah. And then he's like, no, abort mission, abort mission. And yeah. obviously you can see the concern in his face. I I think that was probably my favorite scene in the entire movie because it was shot so well. Yeah. And it's like it's so well done like yeah. it's just the tension that they build and i feel like they cut from between the like the frenetic like him running and then the car blowing yeah up, but then it cuts back to kristen scott thomas's character like slowly creeping yes. up to that guy yes. at the fence that has it's, the knife right and you're like Ugh. like it's very unsettling because yeah. you don't really know how to feel it's all frantic at some points yeah. but then very yeah it's really really well done um i love the scene in the aquarium it the it's the dialogue is so great and it's so intense. Yes. And that's the one that has like super low Dutch angle camera shots. Yeah. You're like, yeah, why yeah. can I see up Tom Cruise's nose? Yeah. <laughs> um, and, uh, but the tension builds like perfectly because at first he's going to him for help. And then yeah. he realizes that he's been yep. framed and that they're out to get him. And um, what does he say? Uh, he's like, no need to get upset. And he's like, Kittredge, you've never yeah, seen Yeah, you've never upset. seen it. Upset. Yeah, that and good. that's a great line. Yeah. Um, and I love that the red light, green light. Yes. Like the callback to the gum that he mm-hmm. gives him earlier. And then he just throws it against the tank, um, which I had a, a fun um, fact about that. Um, so the scene where the water tank explodes, um, they shot it at two different locations. Oh, really? Yeah. So the tank explosion and him jumping through the window um was done on a studio lot at oh. paramount studios and then when he's like f- takes off running um in pro they shot that actually in prague oh that's really cool um <laughs> i wrote <laughs> <laughs> i wrote there he goes 
Tom Cruise started running in the first Mission Impossible, and he never stopped. <laughs> like he's he still just, running. <laughs> he just took off running after he jumps out the window, and he's so fast. Yes, in every Mission Impossible, yes. he's running, and he's so fast. And I don't think it's a camera trick. I think he's, he's actually, actually that fast. fast. Like the third one, there's like a whole sequence where he runs through this whole like um like marketplace, and it almost feels like the camera can't keep up with him. Oh. Like it's crazy. <laughs> um. I said him locking onto the internet is the funniest thing in the whole world. The search function doesn't even make sense. Um, Internet access. And then when he has to, he does like the Job 314 on the internet message boards. I wrote that it was like super impressive how many languages he knows to like write that in. I thought that too. I didn't write it down, but I was also like, I didn't know what he was saying. Right. But it was like, I don't know what that means. (laughs) Um, I said, Max mistaken for a man. Just like you, Just Corbin. Like Corbin! <laughs> I can relate. <laughs> I didn't even put two and two. Like, I love when stuff like that works out. Like when Sarah and I were watching Risky Business, it took place in Chicago. And she was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know. And I didn't know either. And I was like, oh, this is so fun. I was like, Max. And that was a fun fact too, is that um, Vanessa Redgrave's part was originally written for a man. Really? Hence the name Max. Huh. And they decided to cast her. And so he, yeah. I think when he gets in the car and he's like short for Maxine, yeah. I think that's kind of like a girl's going to have boys named too. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see here. I love the gall of him breaking into the CIA. Like the fact that they're going to steal the knock list and that Kittredge is literally in there having a meeting about catching him. Yes. While he's breaking yes. into the building. Like I love yeah, it's that. Sneaky. Yes. Oh, it's so great. Um, there are some really things that I can't get over in that mission though. So when Claire goes to poison that guy's coffee in the mug, I'm like, she is sitting so, so uncomfortably close yes. to him and they like purposely point out that nobody's sitting else yes. at the table like nobody else is there and i'm like i get that she's gorgeous but wouldn't you be like um <laughs> right like you would be a little bit like why are you sitting so close to me right. this is and really like, awkward also like you're spies so are you not suspicious yes at all that something's yes. happening like i was like and then she like we... brushes her finger on his jacket yeah. and then he's like looking around she's like wasn't me like <laughs> obviously it was you <laughs> who else would it have been yeah I'm like how did all he- of these other people in the room just yeah. touched my shoulder i'm like how did he not think that was weird um and then i put during the vault scene i said that the cia guy in the vault is the most oblivious guy on the face <laughs> yes. of the planet because i think this every time i see it i'm like how does he not sense tom cruise in the room yes like you know how you can feel people staring at you yes like there is a dude hanging, hanging above right you. above you. And not for nothing, but it's in an all white room yeah, and he's in and he's all, in all black. black. Yes. Okay, I'm like, I thought how, the same thing. Yeah, I'm too. like how I'm like, I guess he's sick, so like maybe you're just like, ugh, like you're just worried about yeah. like throwing up. But like I don't understand that. I'm like, that to me is the most unbelievable thing in the yes. whole movie is I'm like, you would sense that. I find when you walk into a room, obviously you have peripheral vision. So yeah. you can see up and sideways and down and all of that kind of stuff. So well, you, you would see something black just, hanging up you there. You just like scan the room yeah. too. You know what I mean? Um, and then I said, he's so calm and matter of fact for so, for someone who is puking. <laughs> yes. Like he's, he's like, oh, he just picks up the bucket and he's like, eh, <laughs> I just did that. Like, oh, okay. got to do it some more. Slowly walks out. I'm like, oh my gosh. Um, I love the knife drop yes. at the end of the mission. Yes. Like it's such a, it's like the best little, like little, like there's so many tiny things in that scene that are so great. And then he yeah. drops the knife and that's what sets off yep. the guy. Love it. I put that, this is just a random, I've watched this movie a million times and I've never noticed this, but all of the operatives in the train sequence are wearing the weirdest 
pattern ties. Oh, really? They all have like, <laughs> and one's like polka dots and the yeah. other one's like swirlies. And then like the other one's like weird plaid stripes. I'm like, what is the deal with all the ties? Like, why does everybody have such weird ties? Um, and then my favorite John Voigt line in the whole movie um, is when he starts talking about, Ethan starts talking about the Bible and he goes, they stamped it, didn't they? Those damn Gideons. Yeah. And I just think that's the funny, it's the way he delivers the line. They stamped it, didn't they? Those damn Gideons. It's the best. It makes me laugh so hard. <laughs> um, I love that the glasses come full circle. Like he puts them on and that's yes. how they find out that he's yes. still alive. Um, but then he's like, he's like, well, Claire was right about one thing or wrong about one thing. I'm not the only one who knows you're alive. And then he throws the glasses yeah, at yeah. him. <laughs> and you're like, okay, that was, that was very dramatic. It was very dramatic. Unnecessary. And super anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah. Where like, you think like if he would have like punched him at the same time yeah. or like something, but he's like, they're not the, I'm not the only one. Let me throw these fragile glasses and then at they you. Just, they both just like stand there for a second. Yeah. Like, I think he's like, did you just do that? Um, that's very weird to me. And then I said, for as attractive as Tom Cruise is, he cannot pull off glasses. Oh, yeah, that's true. He can't. I was like, you really don't look good. Don't in wear the those ever. Um, and I loved, like, the glasses get reused as a gadget that gets reused. Mm -hmm. But then um, the magnetic gripper handles yep. that Ethan used in the duck, Jim also uses at the end on the yeah. train. I think it's cool that they, like, reuse the stuff. Um, I said the on top of the train sequence is intense as far as action movies go up to this point, but the green screening does not hold up well it at all. It does not. It's bad. It's really bad. And there's even a scene where like it's out the window. It's from the conductor's point of view and the conductor's like in the shot. And I'm pretty sure it's a CGI person and it's so bad. Yeah. Like it's so bad. You're like, oh, that did not hold up I well. definitely agree because I was expecting obviously some really, really cool scenes, but I, I noticed that too. And I was like, Ooh, I don't really know if well, that's... And I think it's like such a stark contrast to like, especially like four five and six where he like did all of the stunts for real. Yeah. And it, none of it's fake. And it's really stands out that you're like, yeah. okay, they were in a studio and they were right. Which I mean, obviously physically like you would not be able to do it. Exactly. He probably at that point was like, no, this is where I go and do all of my stunts by myself now. So yeah. screw the green screen yeah. and it's all me. <laughs> it is really interesting. Um, I said, how is Tom Cruise's shirt staying tucked in for the entire train sequence? <laughs> like the wind is literally like. You're very observant too. <laughs> I'm like, why is, I'm like, how is his shirt still tucked yeah, in? Yeah, because I mean, his jacket fell off, his tie fell off. Yeah, I'm like, well, when his shirt stays tucked in, I'm like, how tight are your pants? Um, I said, he wears so many leather jackets in this movie. <laughs> um, and then my, I did just picked up on it from this viewing, but Luther says he's the flavor of the month. At the end, he's like, I'm just the flavor of the month when they meet at the cafe at the end. Yes. But he's actually the only other actor that's in all of the Mission Impossible movies. Yeah. So he's the very definition of not the flavor of the month. Yeah. Like he's in every movie. And I thought that was a really interesting line. And then there's a cranberry song playing at the second to last scene when they're at the cafe. And it is the weirdest <laughs> song choice. <laughs> Where I'm like, why? Why is this playing you right now? Something it's else. So, it like it stands out like so much that like I notice it. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm like, I don't think that's the point. Like, I don't think you're supposed to notice it. <laughs> but I was like, why is this song playing? This is so bizarre. Um, all right, I have some trivia for you. So while filming the famous scene where Tom Cruise drops from the ceiling and hovers inches above the ground, Cruise's head kept hitting the floor. Until he got the idea to put coins in his shoes for balance. What? 
And I'm like, how many coins did you have to put yeah, in your shoes? Oh my gosh. To outweigh your head. Oh. I don't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, I don't even know how that works. Yeah. But I, I think understand. that's an interesting fact. That's and actually. I, isn't it really interesting? And who thought of that? I don't know. Well, it says he had the idea until he got the idea to put coins in his Brilliant. shoes. I know. Um, this is, so speaking of the outdated technology, this was the last mo- motion picture from a major studio to be released for home video on Betamax video cassette format. What? <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. I don't even know what that is. I don't is. know what that is. <laughs> so that's older than both of Betamax. us. Betamax. But I was like, it just speaks to the technology in the movie. Um, I already told you about the water tank. Um, the trick with the disappearing and reappearing CD that Ethan Hunt does to full Franz Krieger mm-hmm. um, is not a camera trick or any other visual effect. He genuinely did sleight of hand. Wow. But I feel like uh, that to me, like the whole him learning sleight, I don't know if he learned sleight of hand, but the yeah. fact that he knows sleight of hand, I was like, he really does commit to roles 110%. Really like I find that so fascinating. Yeah. Like I'm sure, I'm sure he learned it for this movie. Oh yeah. Just to pull that off. And he does it so well. Yeah. Like it actually works. Um, so this is funny. So there is a shot of Ethan and Claire kissing passionately that's shown in the trailer and in brief excerpts from the film during the opening credits mm-hmm. that never appears in the movie. So that was part of the yep. whole like love triangle setup. Um, people, people weren't confused when they saw that in the trailer and then just didn't see I, it. In I, the okay. Movie? People say that all the time. They're like, there was a shot in the trailer that wasn't in the movie. And I'm like, I don't remember what was in the trailer. See, I'm that person. I'm like, that was the trailer. That was not <laughs> in the so, movie. I feel like I'm a pretty observant person. <laughs> yeah. And I literally, I walk into a movie. I forget everything I saw in the trailer. Yeah. I don't know. But like, I know people like that. And I'm like, oh, was there? And then we go back and watch it. And I'm like, oh, you're right. Yeah, that there was it in the is, trailer. Yeah. Um, their producers cast Ving Rhames as Luther because they felt he was the opposite of what a hacker normally looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's probably accurate. Yes, very true. Um. The climactic train sequence took six weeks to film at, fun fact, the 007 stage at Pinewood Studios. What? So maybe that's why I had the Bond theme in my head. Um, it's uh, It was filmed like on a stage where they filmed some of the James Bond wow. movies. So that's kind of cool. Six weeks. Jeez. Isn't that crazy? That's a long time. Um, it's the first film ever to have a release at over 3,000 movie theaters in the U.S. Wow. Yeah. Um. And despite being, this is another fact, so despite being praised for over-the-top action, only five gunshots occur throughout the entire film, none of them from Tom Cruise. He never shoots a gun in this movie. Well, he did make that comment when they were breaking in about, like, zero body count or yeah. whatever. Yeah, he, like, pins the yeah. knife to the wall. Yeah. They do zero in on that knife a lot. It's yeah. weird that I I never picked up on that. Um, Let's see here. Okay, so Paramount Pictures owned the rights to the television series and had tried for years to make a film version but failed to come up with a viable treatment of a script. So Tom Cruise had been a fan of the show since he was young and thought it would be a good idea for a film. So he chose Mission Impossible to be the first project of his new production company and convinced Paramount to put up an $80 million budget. Hmm. So he this is the first like and his production company's done all the mission impossibles but that's what allows him to like do all the stunts yeah um because he's basically he's producing it and that's usually what happens like the producers are like uh no the actor cannot do the stunts because if they get hurt then production's screwed he's like i'm get to make all of this yeah he's like (laughs) i'm the producer and i'm doing the stunts (sighs) that's crazy um 
this is a fun fact. One of the code names on the knock list is Maverick, which is a reference to Tom Cruise's character in Top Gun. Um, so I thought I feel that like was, I knew that. Did you? Yes. That was on there. So that's really fun. Um, and spoiler alert, Top Gun is the next podcast episode. <laughs> um, so Kristen Scott Thomas is the woman in the opening sequence that's out on the streets with Ethan in Prague. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That they're like fake making out against the wall. Like they're on the mission together. Yeah. So three years after the film's release, Kristen Scott Thomas's sister, Serena Scott Thomas, appeared in The World Is Not Enough opposite Pierce Brosnan as British secret agent James Bond. So her and her sister have both played opposite of the two most famous spies oh, wow. in the history of time, James Bond and Ethan Hunt. I was like, huh. that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, wind machines blew gusts of up to 140 miles an hour <laughs> into, oh my into Tom Cruise's and John Voight's faces on top of that train. Wow. I'm like, and now I'm literally I'm like, how did his shirt stay tucked in? Yeah. And how did um, you breathe? Yeah. I don't know. And then my favorite fact that I'm ending on is, uh, Kristen Scott Thomas said of her role, I die on page 25, but I die in the arms of Tom Cruise. So it's worth it. Oh, <laughs> that's awesome. And I was like, that <laughs> is awesome. And at this point, like, I mean, this is like, Tom Cruise is a pretty big deal once this came out. Um, but I feel like, I mean, not nearly to the degree that he was today, but it's like clear that he was, even then he was like such a movie yeah. star. And I feel like there was like scenes in this movie where you're watching and you're like, he's just like, he is the action star. He really like is. Like the way he carries and so himself and like, he's just, he's so good. But he has like the equal combination of like, but he's also a good actor. Like yes. he's not like, he's yes. believable in the stunt stuff, but he's also a really good actor. And so I feel like you believe everything that's right. Happening. He has a way of like, even though he's doing those action scenes, he never takes away from his role. Like right. I feel like some action people are like, oh, I'm, I'm very focused into the yeah. action like, scene. Now I'm I, doing action. I can't yeah. keep my character, but yeah. he does a really, really good job yeah, of that. I would agree with that. So if you had to rate this on a scale of one to 10, one being Ooh. the worst movie you've ever seen and 10 being the best movie you've ever seen, what would you give it? It's definitely not the worst and it's definitely not the best, but <laughs> um, I don't know. I would have to say maybe, I thought it was a really good movie. A seven? Yeah. I think a seven. That's about what I would yeah. put it at. Yeah. Because I feel like some of the, the newer ones are actually better movies. Yeah. Um, But I do, I like that it's, it's a more intelligent Mission Impossible. It is, yeah than some of the other ones and i appreciate that fact like i like the twists and the turns mm-hmm. and the makes you think more while you're watching it yeah 100 percent. so now do you want to watch two three i and four? do i do but you tell me that two isn't that good so i, I know just want to skip it <laughs> well you need to watch it just so you can make fun of it yeah that's, that's true. really the reason to watch it. and i really want to go back and watch six so i can catch all the stuff before oh yeah well and like i feel like there's a lot of callbacks in six to a lot of the earlier five and six. Christopher mm. McQuarrie has a lot of callbacks. And so I'm actually excited. I didn't want to like call any of them out now. Cause I'll call them out when, when we watch those, but um, he does a lot of like really, really small um, nods yeah. to the other mission impossibles. Like whether it be like a camera shot mm. or like um, something like that. So I'm really interested to see, to rewatch those, yeah. but yeah, definitely watch two, three and four. Yeah. Three is like, Three is one of my favorites. Okay. Yeah. I'll have like a movie marathon by myself in my apartment. I'll come back to work on Monday and be like, guess what I did this weekend. <laughs> Matt watching with you. <laughs> he probably Matt, would. Has he He's, seen him? He, I don't know if he has, but we were going to sit down one night and watch Mission Impossible, the first one. Yeah. And I saw how old it was and I was like, I don't think I can watch that. <laughs> nah. I was one when that came but out. It's Can't actually, be entertaining. Like it's, 
it doesn't seem like that old in the movie until like the technology and stuff like yeah. that. But other than the technology, it's really not. Yeah. That it's still old. a good movie. Yeah, old it movies is. can be good movies, Corbin. I know, but I was just very, very not looking forward to it. <laughs> You're like, oh gosh. So were you upset when I was like, okay, your movie for the podcast is the first Mission Impossible? You're like, oh, it's so old. Well, when you said Mission Impossible, I was like, oh, we're just gonna like watch six or again or something. And I was like, I can't wait. I loved that movie. And then you were like, it's the first one. And I was like, no, I'll get over it. <laughs> but I'm glad I did. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It's a great movie. It's one of the better ones. So yeah. at least I didn't make you watch two. Could That's be worse. True. But you do need to watch two, and you need to like go into it knowing like I'm gonna end up making fun of this movie. Yeah. But it's a good one. I mean, it's still like, it's still entertaining. It has its merits, but it's like, eh. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks for having I me. I appreciate it. <laughs> We've been together all day. I know. And it's past <laughs> Corbin's bedtime. <laughs> like, I gotta go. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'll see you tomorrow. Okay. <laughs>